listening to The Currency Welcome. I'm your host, Mike Gaston, and my guest today is Omar Al-Janabi. He is the founder and owner of fashion brand Capture the Throne. Also, Omar has a podcast with a buddy of his, Great Energy. It's the Sultans of Charisma. And these two guys get on and talk about pop culture, and it's a it's a gas, so you have to check that out. But folks, join me in welcoming Omar. Omar, welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Mike. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, it's great. Now, I want to let the audience know kind of how we met before we dive into this. Now, you're an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about your fashion brand, Capture the Throne. We're going to talk about your journey into entrepreneurship. But you and I kind of met in this really cool way. And this is maybe a testimony to the uh, the power of the internet. You're sitting in yeah. London. Capture yeah. the Throne is based in London, Dubai, and LA. I'm sitting here in New York. And um, I put out a YouTube video. And I think you uh, commented on the YouTube video. We got chatting a little bit. And the next thing yeah. you know, we've kind of become buddies here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, um, it was, I think it was about several months ago, wasn't it? I mean, it was, um, it was a great video, actually. It, it really, it really struck a chord. Um, do you remember which one it was? Read. I'm trying to remember which video it was. I think it was to do with the, I think it was to do with Apple. Is that correct? I think it was to do with that one. Hmm. Apple or maybe Facebook. I can't remember oh, now. That was it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Facebook. Oh, yeah, the Facebook. Was, uh, yeah. Is Facebook yeah, dying? Yeah. That's right. It was to do right. with, uh, with Facebook. But I think one of your videos as well was to do with Apple as well. Yeah. You did, you did no, a video a with Apple. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's to do with Facebook and it was to do with obviously um, the scandals um, that accumulated uh, sort of uh, uh, around that organization and yeah. uh, pretty much really kind of, yeah, how it's kind of engulfed people's lives in, in in that aspect and um you know and how it's declining which you know in uh in in in, in retrospect it is you know for you know not that i'm trying to not that i'm trying to kind of denounce any any, any business or anything like that but it, it's kind of uh you know it's, it's kind of like self-inflicted how obviously its popularity has waned um, oh, it's absolutely a couple of years. Yeah. A handful of own goals for sure. I, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't think I'd talk about that in the video, but it was so cool that we were connected that way. So I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I got to know you a little bit more. I looked at your brand and we've spent some time talking business back and forth. And I thought yeah. you'd be a fantastic guest on the show. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So are you, where are you today? Are you in London? Are you in Dubai? Where are you? Um, yeah, I'm in, um, well, I would, uh, I would say it's sunny London, but down here we've got four seasons in one day. Yeah. Um, but it has been, it has actually been, um, it has actually been quite, um, quite amazing weather over the, um, Easter break. So I can't really complain. Um, That's I did cool. go for a very nice, uh, usual long run. I have, uh, I, you know, where I live, um, the woods, not too far from, from my house, which coincidentally is where we um, shot our last um, photo shoot campaign um, into the Screaming Woods for, for my fashion brand. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, yeah, and um, so I was running earlier and I left my house and it was nice and sunny. There was a sort of slight cool wind, nothing too biblical. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, as soon as I hit the woods, it just started raining. So it was, uh, and it started getting dark. So it was, uh, it was definitely something out of a, uh, out of a sort of Sam Raimi horror film, you know, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's uh, it was uh, it was it was a good one. It was a good one. It was a good run, obviously. Yeah, yeah, we've got a similar thing here. I, I actually got the motorcycle out yesterday, and the weather app said, you know, I've got. Uh, I use Dark Rain. It said, oh, you've got yeah. three hours before the weather turns. We're similar, wow. where we get a lot of different change, and I got about twenty minutes out, and of course, it started pouring. Not very fun yeah. on a motorcycle. Anyway. 
uh, Omar, um, I want to jump into a little bit of your story. Before we do that, I did kind of refer to your podcast, The Sultans of Charisma, and yeah. I've listened to a few episodes. You guys haven't put a lot out yet, but there's yeah. just great energy. Do you want to just talk a minute about that podcast? Because I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a non-profit organization. <laughs> um it's um it's just a hobby basically. It's just um it's it's myself and and a guy called uh, a very good friend of mine actually called Arai who um I've known for Ooh, 21 years now we 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 uh, used to go to college together. Uh, we're actually doing the third episode. We're recording that next week on the 29th. Oh nice. Okay. Yeah, so it's been 9 months since we did the last show. Um it's you know it's 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 not a case of like not wanting to do it and so forth because you know we've tried to get it off the ground for the third episode quite a few times now but um he's a family man and obviously you know he's uh, he's he's very busy with with his life and you know I'm very busy obviously and I've been sort of traveling um quite a bit and I sort of from London to Dubai and back and forth. I mean, I mean, already this year I've I've um, I've been to Dubai twice. You know, one occasion um, was 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 for a month, and last year as well a few times. So it's you know it's it's just kind of finding the right time um, to kind of get back into the booth. But and you guys record in person too. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. we're we're both seeing. Well, he's we're seeing it separately. Um, this, this is a funny story, actually. We we do a podcast show about movies, but we can't be in the same movie theater because we just we we just we just can't. This is very very weird. So tomorrow we're both seeing um, Avengers Endgame. He's seeing it with his wife in the morning, and then I'm seeing it by myself in the afternoon. And I would um, I would actually um, sort of take my girlfriend to see it, but she's not really a big fan of cinema and she's never watched anything Marvel related. So, and plus I think it would have been one of the situations where she probably would have just walked out about 10 minutes into the film. It's not really a cup of tea. So I'm seeing it tomorrow. Um, I'm definitely going to yeah. give you my insight as to, you know, um, how it went and you'll, and you'll listen to the podcast as well and, and, and hear the review. <laughs> yeah, guys, make sure to check out uh, Sultans of Charisma. It's on iTunes and you'll have a good time. The, the energy that, Omar and his buddy have together is is great, and the uh, the depth of pop references that you guys are able to pull from your you know at, that you have at your fingertips is yeah. is impressive. So yeah, it's I a, mean it's, it's, a it's fun you know time. it's it's years of being a geek, and um, yeah, you know. it shows. But, yeah. you, but but it's a good thing, man. I love it, yeah. Omar. Let's let's talk a little bit about you. I'm excited to get into the brand because I think the um, Capture the Throne brand is fascinating. And in the whole fashion industry, I, I'd love to unpack some of that. I think the listeners would enjoy that as well as me. But let's talk a little bit about you. And, and the reason I want to do that is, um, well, first of all, it's just always great to learn about an entrepreneurial journey. But, yeah. you know, you you come from, uh, you grew up uh, for, for a good part of your life in London. Um, yeah. I can infer some things. You went to very exclusive private schools. You had a great education. You spent mm. time in, in finance and... Um, Media, media yeah. Yeah. and you, in more of a professional kind of role, and then you transition into entrepreneurship. So, yeah. tell us a little bit about that that story, that progression. Yeah. From I, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I started my employment career um, in media. Uh, well, I mean, tell a lie. I mean, when I was um, when I was back at um, at, uh, at at college, well, here we call it secondary education slash you know university. That sort of sure. aspect. I used to work in retail, so it's kind of like a part time venture i suppose that can kind of be attributed to my first foray into fashion i used to work for um for a department store called selfridges 
Um, oh yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, which is kind of like the Bloomingdale's of um, absolutely department stores. Yeah, so I was there sort of you know weekends and um, you know I started off as um, as um, as just a normal counter assistant working on the homeware section. Um, and then sort of, um, kind of ventured my way up into, um, basically doing personal shopping, uh, which I was only there for about six months, but because of my linguistic skills and Arabic, you know, cause I speak four dialects of it. Um, you know, it, it got me a good position in there within personal shopping because obviously they, they were looking for someone who could converse with, with, with Arabs. And as you know, obviously you know, the shop is inhabited with, with, with Arabs who, who come in and buy and most of them. Their English is, is, is passable, but not that great. Um, then after that, I went to work for um, a media company where I was there for a few years. It was based in the city of London. Um, it, it was a very, um, I would say it was, if I, if I was to say it was a love and hate affair, I'd, I'd be lying. It was more of a hate, hate affair. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I worked with some great guys. Um yeah, I met some great people. You know, it was it was a good experience from a personal level. From a professional level, it it wasn't that great. You know, we used to we didn't have a structure. You know, in terms of what we was doing, it was kind of you know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't as far off as um, uh, sort of like the boiler rooms of of New York. You know, sure. the sort of Wolf of Wall Street kind of environment. And when you say media, um, were you creating media? Were you a media buying no, company? No, it was more like an agency. No, it was basically kind of um, sort of selling um, uh, sort of, you know, leads or contacts or something gotcha. to, to okay. other sort of blue yeah. chip corporations. So that's but the obviously, boiler, you know, boiler room reference. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it literally was a boiler room. I mean, it was it was literally sort of, you know, we was we was working literally in a basement. I'm not even exaggerating. It was literally a basement. Um, and I one of my fondest memories of that basement was that, you know, they were quite a few rats. And I don't mean that as an employees. I'm talking actual rats. Oh, um, and um, it used to be a World War II bunker, apparently, that, okay. that office. Yeah. Several years after that, you know, I was still working for, you know, more reputable, more professional companies. But I think it was that time that I was working for this media company that I kind of really kind of had a sense of moment of clarity that if I need to get anywhere in life, I need to kind of do my own thing. Because... Mm we were working for someone who just just didn't give uh you know a flying f about any of us and that person was more invested in sort of you know himself and how much money he made didn't kind of care about the well-being of his staff mm. um and he he kind of had this sort of ethos where you you know you, you guys are just numbers to me you're nothing Did you more, have a lot of turnover there it's debatable <laughs> i mean what is written on a board doesn't really transition to what's earned. So, you know. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, you know what? That's an American English. So, when I say turnover, <coughs> I'm not talking about revenue. I mean, yeah. employee turnover. It was a lot of churn. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was uh, there was a, a huge revolving door. I mean, gotcha. you know, gotcha. it's, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it, there wasn't, you know, stability was not in the equation. Um, but you hung in there for three years, it sounds like. No, no. I mean, I was, I was there for, yeah, I was there for nearly four years. Wow. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then I decided, forget this. Um, I was headhunted by a financial company um, who are based in Dubai. Um, they're still going. Massive, massive company. 
I went for because obviously my parents, um, my my parents, my family, they live in Dubai. I actually went for they asked me to come down for an interview, um, which was in Abu Dhabi, um, which is about an hour and a half drive from Dubai, um, and had a had a pleasant interview it wasn't even an interview I mean, we just sat and had a coffee you know and laughed and giggled and talked That's about a long this flight about for it. a coffee and a chair <laughs> yeah <laughs> um got the job um and uh, they were just basically looking for someone again who could speak arabic who could break into the the market into the new office in muscat and oman which is about 40 minutes flight from 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 dubai four hours drive from dubai um and i worked out there for six months um and i have to say i mean it was an amazing experience. Um, I really enjoyed um, my time working for them. Um, Oman is 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 an amazing, beautiful place. Um, I think they call it the Garden of the Middle East. It was my first time being out by myself in a world. I mean, I was literally, literally in the middle of a desert. <laughs> you had this like sort of you know, concrete villa, and the nearest sort of shop or the nearest person inhabiting where you are is probably about 10 minutes drive from you goodness gracious um, yeah but it was it was amazing it was it was fantastic and I, you know i loved it you know the contract ran out after six months um and um they asked me to be you know if i wanted to be transferred to another office which was in south africa and they didn't have any openings after that, so I was just kind of like, nah, it's fine. If 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 you know, if the if 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 there was more opportunities where I was, I would have stayed there or you know, if there wasn't Dubai, I would have gone there. But but it was a great experience. And I you know I still I still to this day talk to the guys um um now and again from from the office. Some some have moved on in life, you know, some have opened their own companies. Um and you know, some of them are still still working there, you know, they're in very, very high top positions. But but it was an amazing experience, you know, and I and I and I have to say obviously, you know, it was for me personally, in terms of um money that I earned working for a company, it was the most money I've ever earned in my life working for a company, working mm. for, for them. Obviously, you know, it was very it was all commission based, so there was no basic. So, you know, when you closed a deal it was a big deal and um you know you got a large chunk out of that and it was good it was it was very very good did you enjoy selling i mean a lot of people yeah i mean that that selling it. was yeah that selling was very honest um it was very um it was a very tangible product in terms of what we was offering um so we were selling basically pension plans for uh, expats you know um that be okay. americans europeans sure. etc so forth who immigrated to the, you know to the middle east basically um so it was a very very honest um type of selling and it wasn't kind of like it's you know either you do this now or you don't and, and you know it, it wasn't very boiler room-esque it was very professional you know some deals or some 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 prospects you know could go up to two three months before it's closed so really th the person who you're selling it to has the ultimate control than you do basically so they make the decision at the end not you um, in terms of if they want to do it, if they don't so want to do it. you're a facilitator. Yeah. yeah, and they can become the negotiators as well, which is what which is what I loved about that job because it wasn't kind of like, hey, if you don't want this, how about I give you this or, you know, put the rate down like this, you know, then you could get this. It was just kind of like, look, what works better for you? What would be better for you that you could wake up every morning and know that your pension is in good hands 
and you, you know your wallet isn't sure. getting burned. What works for you? And so, it was yeah. So uh, you're making the most money you've ever made in your life, and you decide not to pursue that route and to start a company. And I, I'm curious yeah. about that thought process. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, for me personally, um, there are there are two there are two types of people that start businesses. Um, there are those that choose an industry that they know they're going to make a quick buck from, um, and they're going to live deal by deal, um, or revenue by revenue, or weekend by weekend. And then there are those that are not so much bothered about how much the business is going to earn because they know that if they invest their passion, their time into it, it's going to grow organically and, and the rewards are going to be refreshing towards the end. And I'm the latter for me personally, it's kind of like, you know, for me starting, starting my fashion business, um, back in September, 2016 was a labor of love for me to get into something that I've been building up to for many years. And it was a passion where I wanted to kind of invoke myself into and kind of like transition that love to not just so much the industry, but people out there who who appreciate the industry and who want to get into the industry. Someone once asked me, they said to me, you know, you don't really kind of follow the fashion trends, you know, like the summer uh, collections or the winter collections. And it's kind of like, well, I don't want to be like anyone else. And it's not like I'm doing it purposely not to be like anyone else. Most designers, most creative directors, more, most fashion owners, you know, they tend to kind of you know, 99.9% of them create their pieces of work in terms of what the crowd will appreciate, what the crowd will love. For me, it's not about that for me. And I don't mean this in a, in a, in a sort of obnoxious way, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't give a damn what, what color is in this year or what, you know, what the latest trend in or what they sorry, what the latest trend is for me personally, I create the pieces and the designs, the concepts, based on what I like, what I love and what I would wear. Not so much as what the person who's going to buy sure. it. Sure. Um, it's like an artist, you know, you create a painting based on your love, based on your vision, based on what you think is, 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 is the best. And um, being in this game for, you know, a few years, I've seen some fashion brands excel, but I've seen most fail. And the ones that the ones that excel basically, um, they're very careful as to how they want to be perceived. You know, there are some brands which I'm not going to mention names. You know, for just for whatever reason, but those brands that have excelled follow the equation and method that my brand follows, which is don't expose yourself too much, don't pigeon yourself in a, in a category that everyone can kind of judge you on or class you on, um, but at the same time create sort of things that subverts people's expectations, you know, never kind of stick to the same, same formula because, you know, it's, it's like, it's like having, it's like having the same meal every day, you know, you're just going to get bored of it. You're going to lose the taste of it, you know, and you know, after a while, you're just not, never going to want to go back to it again. Mm. So, and those that failed have, have ultimately, you know, kind of, sold themselves um as you say to the industry in the sense where you know they they submit their ideas their values their their sort of you know um sort of uh ways of 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 how they want to portray the brands 
um, based on what people want them to, to, to base it on. Because you've got to understand something, Mike. You know, we live in a day and age now where it's very easy to complain about anything. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, people get bored very easily. And we live in a technological age where you, you can get anything by just by tapping on your phone. And, you know, you go on the, you know, you go on the subway, as, as you guys say in, in, in the States, you know, here we call it the underground, the tube. And I can't remember the last time I actually saw someone reading a book or like a newspaper or, or something like this. Obviously, keep, people keep saying, oh, print is dying, print is dying, which fair enough, it, you know, it probably is. But, you know, we've, we've kind of, we've kind of left that realm of appreciation, you know, that sort of simplicity in life. Well, I've, just to interject it. I took a trip to New York. Uh, I've been to New York, a, a ton, New York city, a ton of times, but yeah. uh, a few years ago I went to watch Barcelona was in town to do a uh, kind of, uh, you know, like Barcelona football to do a, a, a match against Juventus. So I went into New York to watch it. And then I walked around Manhattan and I was just struck by, Everyone in Manhattan, everyone was walking around staring at their phones. It was just bizarre. I felt like, I kind of felt like um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you know, where I'm walking <laughs> around and everybody else is infected yeah. by these aliens. And I'm like, it was really weird. So your point mm -hmm. is well taken. I mean, we, just society has changed. We can be upset about it. We can embrace it. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. just different now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is. And, you know, it's... Like I said, you know, we live in a day and age now where, you know, people want to complain about anything and everything. Um, and it's quite sad because the age of appreciating one another, the age of understanding one another, the age of, you know, enjoying the simple things in life has completely, you know, been diminished now. To think that we, we, we fought a force of evil, i.e., you know, the Germans back in the Second World War, who wanted to basically kind of invoke a society where everyone has to follow one rule one ideal um you know and kind of abolish that whole humanity side of things you know and and, and appreciation to so think that we kind of fought that but we've kind of like transitioned slowly into that in that it's, aspect it's remarkable it's remarkable isn't it because i'm not obviously saying that i'm not saying that we've transitioned into that extreme of course not but but what i'm saying is like it's you know it's kind of like the whole sort of aspect of, you know, the whole sort of, you know, the Me Too movement that happened a couple of years ago, which was essentially, you know, it, you know, there were obviously incidents where they were horrific and, and genuine, but the majority of it, which has now been kind of verified has been nothing more but a witch hunt. You know, the people, the men that have lost their jobs, you know, um, or their lives, you know, because yeah. of false accusations. It's no different than a kid back in Nazi Germany running off to the Gestapo and, you know, snitching on his mum and dad because they were talking about the Fuhrer in a bad way. You know what I mean? So Exactly. It, yeah. 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 So it's, you know, it's, you know, we've really kind of, I think, I think, you know, I think humanity has really lost its, 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 its sort of passion and its sort of, well, it's, it's sort of humanity feeling. And, you know, how this links to my brand, it's a way of disrupting, you know, that sort of balance, you know, because I don't want to follow what everyone is following. I don't want to be what everyone is being. I don't want to sort of, you know, become what everyone is becoming, you know. And, you know, you said something to me actually last week when we was on the phone, um, you know, sort of uh, kind of talking about about this podcast. And you said to me, it's, it's remarkable how in the day and age that we live now, we live in now, you, you know, you haven't actually kind of, 
had a slap on the wrist for some of the stuff that you, that you you designed for your brand. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I and the owner and I said to you, you know, the answer is very simple because we hit the ground running in a provocative way. If we started off with like daisies and fairies and flowers, and then all of a sudden, like you know, the next collection we was like, oh, you know satanism and this and that and whatnot obviously that's going to turn a lot of people's heads but i think you know again you know the brand you know launched months before the whole sort of weinstein you know sort of me too explosion um and before obviously you know uh trump came into 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 office um but you know from that perspective you know you can't really turn around to something that has always been like that from its birth you can not agree with it you can maybe say a few you know sort of words about it and so forth but the bottom line is at the end of the day you know deep down that that's how it's always been from the beginning and some people say oh you you know are, are you toning down a little bit no we're not toning down a little bit it's just you know we you know we 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 don't want to kind of push it too much we don't want to kind of like create too much of a of a ruffle i mean Everything that we've done in terms of collections and designs has always been based and linked to historical incidents, you know, within within our last century. So the first collection that we 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 released when the when the brand first uh, first launched was um, was based around the Russian Red October. So you know it was based around that sort of piece, and a lot of the names of the pieces that we we have or had. Or even as 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 recent as 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 the uh, the Stranic one, which we call the Rasputin top, is all based. You know, all the names of the collections are sort of linked to uh, sort of you know ru- you know sort of Russian um, ex- you know Russian sort of you know um, terminology, Russian sort of experiences. You know, and one collection that we had, um, which actually we 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 got a we got a lot of um we got a lot of flack for this one and it was one piece that um um r p r agency um who who if i just interject quickly um uh, who uh who are called pop p r um amazing amazing pop uh, amazing sort of p r agency sorry um no it's and, okay shout out to pop p r in l a yeah yeah they're based in <laughs> um in in london and in los angeles um cool. fantastic and the two girls that manage the um uh, manage the account, manage the brand is, is is a girl called Laurie and Portia. Portia is the MDCO of PopPR. So fantastic, great shout out to them. But um, but yeah, this piece was so you know controversial that that you know PopPR didn't even want to touch it. Basically, that they, they was like, look, we're not going to promote this. <laughs> we're just you know we're, we're just not going to you know you can sell it, which we don't think you should, but we're not going to touch this. We're not going to even go anywhere near this. And um, there's a funny story behind this, actually, as well, because I got a phone call from the CEO uh, just on the eve of the launch. And, you know, she was like, listen, listen, Omar, I'm in a taxi. I don't want to keep this long. I'm on my way to a meeting, but Laurie is panicking because you're about to launch this piece. She doesn't want to touch it. I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and, you know, good for them because, you know, it's, it's you know, it's it's not an issue if, if they don't want to promote something that they feel could 
backlash at them because my god did it backlash at us <laughs> it was just kind can of like de- can you describe the piece do you feel like you can okay uh, so it? it was the white hoodie which we launched back in i think it was october or november 2017 and it was a piece called Cicello, which was actually stalin's poet nickname you know, he, he used to be a poet before he became he, he a, fashioned a, himself a, a poet yeah he yes. fashioned himself as a poet before he became a genocidal um uh, murderer but um um, so the piece was a white hoodie and it had um, sort of uh, everything was all designed originally and it had on the back of it um, like a satanic uh, sort of engraving like with satanic symbols and Satan there sort of, you know, doing what he does best, looking sexy and mean. Uh, the piece wasn't sexy, by the way. It was very, very dark. Um, you had people obviously on chains, you know, sort of um, in, in, in the background it was all black and white and then on the front of it which was which was basically the the creme de la creme of of uh, of death threats um it said on their death to christianity and a lot of people kind of got the wrong end of the stick of the message because it wasn't kind of like us saying you know f you to christianity it was it was um it was linked to stalin where he made a speech once um because obviously, as you know, when Stalin came into power, he wanted to abolish Christianity. He wanted to get rid of all the churches. Right, right. And in one of his speeches, he said that his main aim is to make sure that there is a death to Christianity. Um, and that is obviously linked to that. Some people got it because of the name of the top. Most didn't. And unfortunately, the majority that didn't um, ended up sending us death threats. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> so I got I got quite a few death threats, actually, from some some christian groups and you know so I, I i still look at them to this day with joy um and um well let me let like, me ask you a question yeah. about this though so if you're, you're putting you're putting satanic imagery on the back very gothic very dramatic on the front death to christianity and then this very esoteric reference to stalin's poet pen name so what what statement are you trying to make are you trying to show the insanity of stalin are you is it just having a little fun at the expense of history are you hostile to christianity because you leave a lot and you leave a lot of interpretation to the viewer and that's the aim and that's the aim i mean a lot of the stuff that we do is very is you know is very dark but tongue-in-cheek dark but i think you know you hit the note you know you hit the nail on the head there by the insanity of stalin it's not so much insanity of stalin it's the insanity of of humanity itself it's the insanity of you know how you know, one person, uh, and I'm not referring to Stalin here, I'm referring to, for example, Adolf Hitler, who got rejected from going to art school, ended up becoming a, a genocidal, you know, maniac, you know, dictator who created and caused one of the biggest wars ever of our time. Um, you know, you kind of, that whole sort of what if he was, you know, accepted in this art school would we still have had world war Two? sure but but i think it's kind of like you know it's kind of the insanity of humanity you know because you know you look at you know again you look at people like the german people you know in the 20s and 30s you know you've got this culture where the greats came from 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 germany you know like the beethovens the wagners i mean even einstein you know he obviously he was jewish but you know you had very very reputable influential people you know that came from this country but yet it was this country that that succumbed to the words of a madman and they followed those words and you know they they threw themselves into a pointless war um that you know unfortunately killed millions and millions of people um and tried to eradicate you know a race 
religion because of that ideology sure. so for me personally it's kind of like it's it's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek yet serious form of messaging you know to to those people that you know to, to people that, that that buy into the brand you know you know that you know, it, you know it's, we live in a dark you know it's a dark world out there never forget that okay it's a dark world out there nothing is as black and white um you know and um you know anything could snap at any time and a lot of the pieces that we sell um we uh we haven't done it for the last two pieces but mostly with the um with with all the previous collections you know we'd send out a card which um which explains the design explains the um the history behind it the Cicello top we basically sent out it's quite funny actually we did this um um we did this uh, we actually looked into this um uh, myself and um, um my main graphic designer um a guy called uh, Chris Stringer um who um who's been with the brand since the very beginning amazing guy he's he's a, he's a huge contributor to to the brand in terms of the design and design work and direction but we looked into um sort of like uh, conjuring black magic books um and we basically used some of that influence and sort of had it on a on a you know we 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 printed it on a card and we designed the card really sort of you know esoterical like and um we 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 threw it in with with the tops that we sold you know some kind of came back and were like you know you guys are freaks man you know and some came back and was like hey i tried to conjure up this demon but it didn't work and i get my money back oh, <laughs> so it's kind of like it's kind of like hey no but i'll um you know thanks for trying i'll give you 20 percent off the next purchase <laughs> so, hey my guest today is omar al-janabi and he is the founder and owner of capture the throne clothing you can check out the brand on capture the throne clothing.com and you can follow them on instagram they've got an insta account capture the throne clothing on instagram we'll be right back when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about the concept behind the brand i want to unpack this a little bit more maybe have a little bit of a a wrestling match on some of these concepts with omar guys i hope you're enjoying today's show we're going to get right back to our guest in just a moment but before we do that i want to invite you to check something out that i'm really proud of it's called communique Communique is my premium newsletter for anyone involved in marketing. So if you're an entrepreneur, an executive, a consultant, a freelancer, a creative agency owner, and yes, even a marketing professional, if you do marketing on behalf of your organization or on behalf of your clients, then you're going to want to take a look at this newsletter. Now, it's weekly. Once a week, I send this thing out. And in it, I take my 25 years of marketing and branding experience working with companies like Fisher Price Toys, Bird's Eye Foods, Wegmans Food Markets, Honeywell, Constellation Brands, and a host of others, I distill all that down to provide insight. Each week, you're going to get a deep, thoughtful insight piece, a bunch of links, some commentary on news. But essentially, you're going to be able to, over time, transform the way that you understand and conduct your marketing. It's going to make you a more effective marketer. If you want to read more, just check it out. You can go to MikeGaston.com forward slash newsletter. That's MikeGaston, G-A-S-T-I-N.com forward slash newsletter. You can read all about it. And guess what? You can even subscribe right there. And you know what? A subscription costs less than the price of a cup of coffee. That's right. I'm really proud to share this level of value for less than the price of a cup of coffee a week. So do me a favor. Check it out. 
Sign up. You'll be glad you did. Now, let's get back to today's show. And we're back. My guest today is Omar Al-Janabi. He is the founder and owner of Capture the Throne Clothing. And we've been talking about uh, the brand a little bit and and uh, some of the the concepts that you've put, some of the stuff you put out there, specifically this really this really poorly received uh, kill Christianity or death to Christianity <laughs> white hoodie. It um, sold a lot. I mean, it's, 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 it's sold actually quite a lot, you know, but I mean, it was... Um, it was uh, that's the thing. I mean, you know, so, sorry to cut you in, Mike. I mean, no, you know, go for it. You know, people are very strange. You know, they they love, you know, they love controversial things. And, and we kind of play on that. You know, we, we play on that. It's the whole taboo. It's that whole sort of tree of knowledge, you know, style of, uh, you know, that, that sort of tree of knowledge thing, the forbidden fruit, you know, it's, you know, they know, they know it's bad, but they want it. Well, this gets at, because I want to get a little deeper. You've been talking about the concept um, of that hoodie and alluding to some aspects of the brand you talked about, you want to do something that you're passionate about, not just go through the formulaic process to give people what they want, make money. And usually great brands have a unifying idea concept behind the brand. And when I, when I'm listening to you, I have to ask the question, like, you know, what is that concept? And specifically is the concept just to be, uh, in your face, bombastic? Is it is the concept to upset people? Or is there something deeper behind um, this brand? I mean, for me personally, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a straightforward character. I'm not someone who is, you know, very black and white. Um, a lot of people that know me um, tend to kind of attribute me as to, you know, being a puzzle that they can't break. I'm very, I'm, I know, I mean, I know myself as well. I mean, I, I confuse myself as well. I mean, you know, I, I've been called a, a complex character by, you know, um, a lot of people that I know. Um, and I kind of think that transitions into the brand because, you know, I'm not saying that I like upsetting people, um, but I like to kind of, you know, raise a few eyebrows. You know, I like to kind of, you know, be different from, 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 from the rest of the herd, you know, and, and, for me, really, it was it was an idea that came into fruition where I just got bored of you know of of, of the state of fashion, you know the way fashion was before I started the brand. Everything just looked the same. Every brand looked the same. Um, colors. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Like, just for for those of us for those of us that don't live in the fashion world, what describe yeah. that? Well, I mean, you know, you had a lot of brands that were just you know plain plain tops plain jackets you know with just their logo on there there was no creativity behind it there was you know nothing behind it and it was slapped on with the highest premium price because of the brand name and you know my love for fashion now is not so much the current state we're in fashion now because there are some great bands right now really really great brands um since since capture the throne you know um launched but at the time, there wasn't in my in my eyes, but I I always base the brand as 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 how for me personally the best period of fashion was was the early nineties, the dangerous side of fashion. You know the sort of the sort of you know well I would say between the early to mid late nineties or just we could just say the whole of the nineties basically. Really, this is um, surprising because I don't yeah. think of the nineties as a as a a pinnacle of fashion why, why uh, do you think that 
Wow, you had the because I'm thinking like when I was at work, I'm in uh, paisley ties with suits with padded shoulders. I think of like the business fashion, and it was yeah, pretty. Well, I mean, you know, you you have you have you have people like you know Alexander McQueen, um, you know, who 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 really kind of pushed the envelope for not just so much the designs of of what he created, but his shows and his vision and just his his personality you know and you look at fashion then compared to fashion now it's everything is just played too safely everything is kind of like oh we you know we we're showing a bit of a shoulder there let's um let's 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 cover that before we 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 you know we we get sued or something so it's it's just very it's just very kind of um uh you know, for me, it was just very kind of like, look, I want to do something different. You know, if I'm going to get a lot of hate for it, then it means I'm doing something right. Um, and, you know, there is there is always this um, idea and concept that, you know, if if you get more of a negative reaction and more of a sort of um, a hate for what you're doing, then really you're not doing it wrong. You're actually doing it right, as opposed to someone coming up to you and have, and have Mike, I've, I've had a lot of these idiots that come up to me and say, Hey, really love your brand. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, love the new piece. And I'm like, okay. Um, what was the new piece then? And they just look at you like, like, you know, it's like, okay, cool. What's, um, are you, are you, are you, are you following the brand? Oh, what's your name on, on Instagram? Let me, let me just, Oh, well, look, you're not even following me. Oh, so, so it's, why, you know, why do people do that? <laughs> kiss ass excuse the language but you know people just like to get involved you know they like to kind of you know um be be heard be noisy be kind of attributed to people it's a bit of a scene isn't it yeah it's a massive scene and you know i think ideally the dna of the brand is and always will be controversy that could be attributed to controversy where you know people don't want to remember or think about like for example like soviet era and that could be controversy which is something that people um take very seriously and uh, it's still you know it's still relevant in our culture today which is the you know um the sort of me too the good side of the me too movement um the pro-feminism um side which is you know one of the pieces one of the collections that we launched last year back in the summer which was the pro fem range phase one the phase two is coming out this summer as well um and that that received a huge reception a really really great reception and i think that that um from from some of the people that we lost or that kind of like the, the detractors that kind of you know labeled us as this like satanic sort of you know um village massacring brand they kind of like came back around. It's like, oh, they've just done a pro fem range. You know, this is um, so, this is amazing. So, so again, it's, you, it's, it's down to the whole subverting expectations. You know, it's kind you, of like, yeah. Are you embracing controversy for controversy's sake, or are you embracing controversy towards an end? What is the reason no, for the controversy? For me personally, it's basically just how I feel when I wake up. 
That's literally it. I so mean, the brand you know, is really an expression of, of who you are. Yeah, the brand is an expression yeah. of who I am. But it's, you not, know, it's I, not that you're trying to uh, affect social change. You're not promoting no, one political no, I'm not movement a, I'm not a preacher. Or, over another. Yeah, I'm not okay. a preacher. I'm not, you know, I'm not Jesus. I'm not, you know, I'm not Jehovah. I'm not, you know, whoever, you know. I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm just some random guy who has You just a want to rattle the cage. You want to yeah, poke the tiger. Yeah, that's the why, thing. Why I do just, you want to do that, though? Why? Because, you know, because for me personally, it's kind of like, you know, um, I feel that, you know, we live in a society where everything is, everything is just fake, you know, everything is just kind of like, okay. you know, everything is just kind of fabricated. Everything is very kind of like, oh, you know, um, uh, you, you know, uh, social media based, you know. Why you know you, you have the uh, the bloggers who have two different lives you know who who have who sort of invoke that sort of life of you know being very kind of well known and very rich and they're on Instagram but in reality they're probably like living off student loans or something yeah yeah so a, it sounds like there's a bit of cynicism it's called that yeah, informs it's, it. yeah it's 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 I would probably look for, if someone said to me explain your brand in a sentence I'd say it's a statement brand it's a brand in in you know in exposing the uh, the the sort of the the fractures of society i mean that sort of sense and um you know again it, it you know it goes back to what i was saying you know i just wake up in the morning i have a vision and i'll be texting chris you know the the, the, the main graphic designer um and i'm sure if he was here on the show he would he would he would love to tell you the 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 random 5 a.m 5 30 a.m <laughs> texts that he gets from me but I mean, obviously, we know we've got another graphic designer as well who we haven't yet published her work on our on our uh, collections, but we are actually doing so um, this summer. Oh, just before that, um, a lady called Polly Playford. Um, she's amazing, amazing. She's worked for companies like Disney, um, and um, you know, she's an amazing graphic designer. And that's kind of more of a Japanese um, collection that we're we're, mm. we're going to be sort of dropping in the next sort of two to three months. But yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it, it yeah, it's like you said, it's an extension of my personality more so, more than anything else. So when it comes to the creative vision, the brand, you it, you embody it, and then the brand is an extension of who you are on some level. Uh, but yeah, then the yeah. people that are buying the brand because it, you, you, there's a difference. So so are you trying to find a bunch of Omars out there that resonate and get the joke, or do you think that your market is uh, different than you? Are, are these people also wanting to kind of play the trickster and and uh, rile up society a little bit, or are these people that are resonating with some of the messaging on your? On yeah, your I mean, I mean, you know, we um, we we get you know we get the occasional you know emails and you know or, or as they say on Instagram, the DMs, the direct messages. Sure. Um, whether they're customers or the avid followers or whatever, but you know, we get we get majority of people that we get. You know, they, 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 they praise us, you know, for what we do and how brave we are with what we do. And, um, I don't, we, it's we giving them a chance to be brave as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example, actually, we haven't talked about this, but you can, you can see it on the brand page if you go to the very, very beginning, um, or near towards the beginning, but I'm not going to mention her name because, um, I don't think it's fair, but, but, um, she, she's, she, the, she, she's been an avid follower of the brand since the very, very beginning. Um, and she's someone that I have never met in my life. Um, and, um, but people within the brand have spoken to her. Um, they, they, and she's 
you know, she's, um, she's been gifted by the brand, um, you know, uh, quite a few times and we, we continue to, you know, um, she's what we call an honorary customer. You know, we, she doesn't pay for anything purely because, um, you know, she went through a life changing experience about two years ago where she had cancer and, um, we, um, I don't know, I don't know how it, you know, it came about that she'd spoken to the brand or so forth, but I think someone, someone in the brand had reached out to her, um, based on maybe I think she posted something, I'm not sure. And, um, you know, we, we reached out to, we spoke to her and she, you know, we, we went through that journey with her through, you know, through sort of, um, um, chemotherapy. Um, you know, she's, she's got a little boy as well. I think he's probably mm-hmm. about eight, nine, ten. Um, great guy. And, um, she, um, throughout, throughout that journey of, of her going through, you know, chemotherapy, which is, I mean, I can't begin to imagine how much of a painful experience that, that would be just mentally and physically from, from what right. I've heard. But she always, 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 always praised what we did and she never wanted anything back out of that. Hmm. I turned around to, um, to someone who at the time was, um, was managing the, um, the social media um, of the brand. I said, listen, send her this stuff. Um, just, you know, send her, you know, get well card. But I mean, I wrote it personally myself, you know, and everything. She received the goods. She thanked us. Um, then there was like radio silence for like maybe two months or something. So obviously, uh, you know, I thought to myself, oh shit, you know, yeah, she, she you, didn't make you, it. You worry about the worst. Yeah. yeah. But then all of a sudden, boom, she posted a picture, her hair had grown back and she survived, you know, she, she fought cancer and you know, it, it had gone. Now I'm not saying that obviously what we did was was because of that. I'm not saying that at all. No, but <laughs> You're what I'm not saying claiming to you, the miraculous. No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. But what I'm saying is, is that you know, through all that time, through all that experience, it kind of gave me a more of it. it just it just it just kind of gave me a sort of sense of how valuable life is, and how short life can be, and how making someone happy in the most difficult of situations can be the most rewarding thing ever. Like for me, what, you know, she, she sent like a, she, she sent, um, she sent me uh, a thank you card, which her son drew and something that her son made like a toy or something, or like a, um, um, a sort of like a statue. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the most rewarding things I've ever had in my life, you know, and it's, it's priceless for me personally, no money that I've made in the world no obstacle that I've achieved in life can ever, you know, can ever sort of, you know, be compared to, 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 to obviously what I achieved with this amazing person. Hmm. And that's, you know, if, if someone said to me, what's the most rewarding thing that you've achieved in your brand? For me, it's that. For me, for me, it's that. And she's still, bless her, she still follows the brand. She still messages us. We still send her gifting. Um, and she's just a phenomenal person, you know, and. Well, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of, as you're telling the story, you, you you talked earlier in the opening of our discussion about how, uh, you know, I'll paraphrase, but it's funny that, you know, we fought this amazing and won this war against darkness, you know, back in World War II, this 
society that's, that wanted to impose uh, one way of living, thinking, and doing across the globe, the, the Nazis. And how strange it is that today we're back in this position where um, we're almost transitioning to embracing the idea that we should all think, act, and do, and live the same way. Yeah. Kind of a totalitarian mentality. But um, as you're talking about this, it strikes me how powerful business is in affecting lives. It has the potential for good or bad. You know, you worked in that boiler room uh, operation. It was miserable. Lots of people's lives are touched probably in a negative way. Yeah. But the work that you're doing is, is, uh, has the potential to touch lives in a very positive way. And I think as a society, we're, we're forgetting you know, we, we focus on the negativity around business. Oh, greedy, you know, these rich people and I'm poor. Although I, you know, in America, it's hard to see, you know, when someone's walking around with a thousand dollar phone in their hand, it's hard to think of anyone in this country as poor, but, um, the ability to impact strangers lives through the work that we do, I find really encouraging. And that story is a great reminder of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, like I said, it kind of, it gives you a wake up call because, you know, this person again, you know, speaking to her and, and getting to know her more, she doesn't smoke. She doesn't drink. Um, she's very healthy. She's very active. She's not even a meat eater. Um, you know, and you think to yourself, you know, someone like me who, you know, who, well, I, if I said I have the occasional drink, I'd be lying, but you know, <laughs> I, I drink, I drink, um, I drink, uh, I, I drink responsibly, let's put it that way. Um, you know, I smoke. Um, I like to have a little party now and again. Um, and, you know, it kind of gives you that sort of feeling where, you know, why why the good ones have to suffer. I'm not saying that I'm not a good, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the bad guy here or anything like that. Of course not. But, you know, I'm not someone who's exactly, you know, an angelic kind of figure, you know. But, but I think, I think, I think, you know, for that, for that period, it really, you know, it really kind of woke me up a lot, and it's it, it you know it, it it influenced the brand in a very mm. very positive way. So and so you know that very controversial hoodie that was a, a few years ago, I think. But yeah. has the brand kind of taken a different direction? It's it's a, it's evolved, obviously, but is it taking a different? Uh, yeah, or is it, I mean, is it exploring different. I mean, you talked about the the feminist line. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, f- the feminist line was something that number one pop PR were very surprised about. They were like, you know, Omar, are you on drugs? Where, where did this come from? You know, because obviously they're, they're a very pro feminism, um, uh, organization. Um, and, um, I was just like, no, it's just, you know, it's just something that I'm passionate about right now. And I want to, you know, extend that message um and the top was very very you know was was very very eye-catching it had a very strong message for that you know the back of the top was you know uh, we're in this together and then on the right hand right arm of the sleeve it said let's write and then on the left this wrong so basically it it was like you know let's write this wrong we're in this together yeah which is basically a message that no one's ever used throughout this whole Me Too movement. Everything's been based on men are bad, women are not. Right. But right. the reality Trust is, women. Yeah. yeah, but the reality is, you know, instead of like... People are know, bad. <laughs> yeah, but, th- but instead of like kind of, you know, um, balancing 
one let's, let's sex work against the other. Why right. don't we just understand that we're both equal? We're both as good as each other. We're both as bad as each other. We're in this together. Let's forget about all this sort of stupidness that's going on. Let's get the right people that need to be, you know, judged by this. Let's write this wrong. And that's what that message was about. Sure. You know, it was, it was, you know, a lot of people tend to confuse feminism and the Me Too movement as kind of like women are better than men. It doesn't work like that. We are all well, equal. I think, I think when, when you say a lot of people, I think the problem isn't that within feminism it's figured out and people outside viewing it misunderstand it. I think the problem across all these things, political movements, social movements, all these things, economic systems, they're populated by people and all of us are flawed. Like we just all bring our biases, our hurts, our opinions, our, our uh, interests to the table. And um, I don't think feminism understands the feminist movement. You talk to 20 different feminists, you're going to get 20 different opinions. Yeah. You know, are, are men and e women equal? Is one sex better, more trustworthy than the other? I think you're going to get a bunch of answers. So it's just, I think it's a, a common problem to humanity that we, uh, mm. we forget. You know, we yeah, just forget yeah. like, hey, and, and then we lose the story, which is we do. We, we can do. right these wrongs. We can make the world a better place together. We can treat each other better if we choose to. Let me ask you a question. How like staying true to yourself, letting the brand really just be an expression of who Omar is, what he what he not even what he believes, but just what he's driven by, you know, create controversy and that type of thing. Yeah. Is it possible to do that and to be financially successful? Because I think people running businesses, even outside of finance, wish yeah. that they could do certain things, but feel like, well, I can't because I'll lose my customers or, you know, I won't be able to pay the bills because people will be upset with me. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, have a couple of other businesses, um, family-based ones, um, which, you know, provide me with a really good, a really good income, a very good income, actually. Um, so for me, the brand... You know, as as much as it makes really good money from from what we do, it's more of a passion. It's more of I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a hobby. It's not a hobby, but it's something that I love doing. You know, it's, but is the it's, brand is the brand profitable? Yeah, the brand is profitable. I mean, you know, it it it, it churns over a good successful amount, and we. So, what do you attribute that to? I mean, I keep interrupting, but if if you're kind of poking a stick at the tiger in the cage. Yeah. Is, is that why you're profitable or what is it that you attribute the success of the brand to? I mean, I mean, that's a very good question. I mean, I think from, 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 from my perspective, you know, every time we, we launch a new range, it near, it near to sells out. I mean, we just basically restocked, um, a new collection only yesterday. Um, you know that 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 basically sold out within sort of I think within two weeks of when it first launched. Wow! Um, the pro feminism range sold out within less than a week. Wow! You know, and you're talking about pieces that are like 145, 185, 155, sure, hoodie, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, you, you know, if you, for example, like, you know, if I wanted to kind of work it out for you. In, in that aspect without obviously boasting about it. But let's just say, yeah, obviously, and I'm not trying to get at your numbers. Yeah. Let's say. just say, yeah. for example, the, the, the new collection that, that we restocked yesterday, which was the Henri variant, um, two, which is the, 
the the piece that we did for the the the, the latest campaign shoot into the screaming woods so you know we basically um every every sort of piece that we we launch we launch between sort of 25 to to 45 pieces so this last one that we 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 launched um was 25 pieces because obviously we always start we always start low to test the water and then we go high so when you say 25 pieces are you talking about 25 SKUs or 25 units 25 individual but basically like 25 tops basically gotcha okay gotcha. so let's just say 155 times 25 so that basically is 3875 okay so that's basically just you know one range there that we've done now if we go back to the Rasputin top that we we launched and we 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 basically um we basically dropped 50 of those so that's 185 times 50 so that's 9250 mm-hmm. so you know from that aspect obviously they you know that that Rasputin top sold out within i think near to a sort of three to four week period mm-hmm. um so that's like nearly ten thousand there roughly just mm-hmm. just for something that you know people can resonate to people that how, like how you know? are you promoting when you when you drop a, a new line or product where do you market it is it just word of mouth or is it, do you have a small fan base that just follows everything you do yeah i do mean you, we yeah buy advertising like what do you do to get the word out no, we used to do advertising on Instagram, but you know that that that's just you know it's just it's just nothing but um but a funnel for 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 Instagram to kind of you know get its claws into your wallet. You know, it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't anything it wasn't anything beneficial. Sure. Um, from that perspective, I mean, you know, obviously we have our PR agency that that promotes really well. Uh, we've been with them now since um, December twenty sixteen. Okay. Um, so we're coming up to two and a half years, nearly three years now. We have no, um, we have no, um, uh, no sort of uh, 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 change in, 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 in not using them anymore because they've been very helpful and they're great people to work with. And you know, we have a long term relationship with them, and you know, we we you know we will continue to be with them for many many years. So it's been um, mainly organic. It sounds like. The, yeah, the and we have word of mouth. We have people that. Um, you know, create, uh, or I would say n- not a huge amount of people, but we, we have a couple of sort of fan related pages on, um, on Instagram, okay. um, that people create and stuff like that, you know, promoting the brand in that sort of sense. People that we don't know basically, but people sure. that, that, that are passionate about it. And I'm guessing they're customers. Yeah, um, you would think, you know. right? <laughs> well, yeah. So I mean, I'm not going to kind of like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not really a big fan of him, you know, but I'm not going to kind of create a Bob Dylan fan page. (laughs) Right, right. So you have to be pretty committed to spend that time. Yeah, exactly. And so you're not doing things, you're not, you're not paying celebrities to wear your merch. You're not uh, driving funnel traffic. So you're, you're, so interestingly, your cost, your acquisition cost Mm. is quite low because it's organic. You're not not paying 60 bucks to move a $150 hoodie. Massively, but low. on the other hand, you're not moving twenty thousand hoodies in three months. You're moving smaller, yeah, kind of limited, yeah, yeah limited quantity. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, I mean, we could sell a lot more. We could create a lot more units, and because of the of the reaction that we get from people, but we have this way of um, we have this kind of ethos, this way of working where we create less, 
and there's more demand. So, sure. you, know, the, you know, that whole sort of, you know, less is more. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Scarcity. So, yeah, exactly. So basically what happens is people will then attribute that business, that brand as to say, oh, shit. I missed out on this collection. And then right. when the new collection drops, they're like, oh, I need to get in there first because these guys, Absolutely. these, you know, that's, that's sort of, and, and, and it works. I mean, it, it, it genuinely works. You know, I'm not saying that I'm, you know, uh, sort of, you know, deceiving anyone that's buying it, but it's just kind of like, you know, I don't need to create hundreds of pieces. You know, I, I like to create, I like to keep things exclusive. Sure. Um, the other aspect as well that, um, that we um we've 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 started doing for the last few months um as well which we don't promote to be honest and because basically we have two websites so the website we have which is the main um uh, the main website is capturethethroneclothing.com and then we have another website called capturethethrone.com now our lawyers um which are might i um sort of just quickly kind of, you know quickly chime in and say that anyone that's getting into fashion if you're going to go for any fashion lawyers, these guys are the best. We've been with them now for just <laughs> over two years. Um, company called Jolson Law. They're based um, just off Regent Street in London. Fantastic. Expensive as hell. But boy, do they get the work done. So they said to us, you know, at the time, they said, hey, if you're going to do, if you're going to, you know, um, create a website, buy two domain names. Buy the clothing.com, capturethethroneclothing.com, and then capturethethrone.com. Um, and obviously we went through the whole, um, process of copywriting the brand name under the, um, why, why did they recommend name. that? It's just so that basically people can't buy, you know, into the name basically. Oh, I see. Just to protect. Yeah, it's a security measure. But I mean, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, everything is copyrighted, you know, the brand name under the uh, parent company name, um, which is MN Exclusives Limited, which owns the brand, which is my parent company. Sure. The images, um, everything, basically. Um, you know, so it kind of, you know, dealt through that. And then one day, sort of, I, I was speaking to someone, actually. Um, I mean, I'd love to say who it was, but I'd probably, probably, probably get a slap on the wrist. But someone who's um, in, the, in the fashion industry who, who owns uh, quite a large label. And he said to me, Omar... You know, you know what, what? What's sort of the biggest money owner right now in fashion? I'm like, what's that? He went to private labeling. I said, what does that mean? Yeah. He said, basically, <laughs> where you know, you kind of let people know that you can create special pieces just for them, um, but you won't promote it, basically. So I was like, oh, okay. And do you do that? And he was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, so what's, what's your take on it? Like in terms of revenue wise. And he told me, and I was like, whoa. So I was like, okay, I need to kind of look into this. So I looked into it. Um, and we've only just kind of started doing it the last sort of few months, really, actually. Oh, interesting. So, so you're doing some private labeling. Very yeah. So basically it's still labeled under the brand, but they're design pieces that no one has seen apart from the individual that's basically asked for it. So they basically go through the funnel of the capture the throne.com because there's like a small button there that's basically email. So anyone that does private, anyone that wants to get in sort of, you know, any, any sort of private work from us, um, from designs that they want that we create for them, um, go to, go to capture the throne.com, click on the email, ask us what you want, what you need. We'll give you the rate. If you're happy with it, we'll get it done. 
that's it mm. and we've created well, some amazing pieces for a few individuals actually pieces that i'm very very jealous of that we couldn't promote but you know by god i mean just one piece that we would make um you know um from the private labeling that we've that we've done earned us more money than say one of the collections that we launched as far back as like a year and a half ago two years ago yeah Yeah. so So it's it's a new revenue stream that's cool yeah and it's very it's very profitable um and you don't have to deal with all the distribution i mean it's you just have to yeah yeah yeah. i mean and, and it's good and and the thing is as well because because you know we got into that game i can now see it everywhere in fashion a lot of brands do it oh sure yeah a lot labeling of is just and not just fashion just manufacturing in general it's uh yeah it's a great it's a great line item on the pnl let's 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 wrap this thing up like for people that are getting started because they're not going to be in a position where they're hiring somebody on or yeah. they're not going to be able to really afford a big legal team but for someone getting started in business, you know, you've got some family businesses, you've got this Capture the Throne brand that you've developed. Yeah. What's a piece of advice you'd give a starting entrepreneur, a fledgling first time out? Um, my advice to anyone really starting any, any business is make sure you know what you want to develop. For me personally, it wasn't a case where I just decided I wanted to do fashion. I mean, I came from a media and finance background. It's a completely different industry to what I've done now. Um, but for me, it was kind of like I outweighed what 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 I would what what I what I what I would achieve more in life from happiness, or would I want to achieve more in life with just making tons of money but still being unhappy? So for me, it was kind of like I love fashion. You know, I love you know I'm a sucker for designer brands. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, I had this whole vision, this whole sort of concept that I just wanted to share with everyone, whether they like it or they don't like it. But my advice to anyone is, you know, think long and hard before you, you know, invest in something. Make sure that what you're going to invest in is going to be something that you're going to have a long-term plan for. I'm not talking like two years or five years. I'm talking about something that's at least, you know, 15 to 20 years that you can really develop and grow after that. And just really, you know, just be careful where you, where you invest in, where you put your money in and who you take on board. Because, you know, I've, um, I had a lot of people, you know, before I started this brand, um, who were against it. They were like, oh, you're not going to get anywhere, Omar. Come on. It's it's a waste of money. Don't do it. And some of those people that, you know, where the brand launched and it became successful, actually turned around and went, I can't believe it, man. You've done so well. <laughs> and those, and, and they've stayed my friends. And those that, that even, even at the beginning were like, nah, don't do it, mate. They were like, you know, very two-faced. They were like, oh, you know, whatever, you know. And then they stopped, they stopped talking to me. Um, because, you know, you, you go down that route of people being jealous, people being bitter. And that's one thing I, I, I cannot stand in, in, in people these days is people who are, bitter and people who are jealous that is a human emotion that i find so repulsive really really repulsive and anyone who's jealous and bitter of someone it it's basically it's basically their way of knowing that they want what they can't have and they despise that person that has what they can't have for the wrong reasons 
And instead of, you know, if I know there's a lot of people that are, are much more successful than me that came from much less fortunate backgrounds than, than myself. And to this day, I'm very good friends with them and I praise them a lot. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm like, dude, you know, you really, really done well. You know, I'm really happy for you and, you know, you got to, you know, keep it up and this and that. And, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think my advice to anyone is, you know, um, think long and hard before you invest in anything. Um, I mean, that could be business, that could be relationship, that could be friendship. But from a business perspective, think long and hard before you invest in something and make sure that when you start off a business, it's going to be a passion um, for what you want to do because that's going to be something that's going to be part of your livelihood and your bread and butter. And, you know, it's going to be something that you're going to want to wake up to every morning feeling happy about um, as opposed to just waking up every morning and it feeling just like another job. So, you know, that's that's probably the best advice I can give anyone, really, because it's worked for me and I hope it works for others out there, too. My guest today has been Omar Al-Janabi. He is the founder and creator of Capture the Throne Clothing. Make sure to check out the brand on their website, CaptureTheThroneClothing.com, and also on Instagram, Capture the Throne Clothing. Omar, thank you so much for taking this time and sharing your entrepreneurial journey with uh, the audience here at The Currency. Thank you so much. And um, I look forward to, um, to maybe one day being back on the show uh, in, in, uh, in the future as well. But thank you for having me, Mike, and um, oh, I wish be, you all the best. It would be fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for joining us on The Currency. I'm your host, Mike Gaston. Make sure to check out the show as well. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and I'm proud to announce we are now on Spotify. So you can, you can check us out there. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Gaston. Guys, thanks again for your time. I love you all. And I'll catch you in the next episode.